This is Cataholos Podcast, Food for the Journey. Episode 10, How Post-Traumatic Growth Can Help You. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast to episode 10. So the final episode of our first season. Wow, it's gone quick. Thank you so much to everybody who's been listening, who's been downloading all the podcasts, who's been writing reviews, supporting it. Thank you so much. And I have to go straight into thanking Laura. Thank you, Laura, because it was your idea. You said to me, you should make a podcast. And so I did, and it's gone from from there. So thank you, Laura, and thank you, everybody. You know, to you listening now, I hope you're really enjoying these. Hope they've been helpful for you. And I did promise you something pretty special. And yeah, I've got something very, very special for you today. So we're looking at post-traumatic growth. Now, if you're anything like most people, when I say that, people say, "You mean post-traumatic stress?" No, it's not the same thing. It's linked. And we're going to look at what it is and it's how it's going to help you. So the first thing we're going to look at is I'm going to get a bit personal and I'm going to share a personal story. Now, just as a quick aside, if you're not up for some pretty heavy topics today, it does involve some pretty serious talk about some pretty serious things in life. If you're not up for that today, just give it a miss and come back to it. There's no pressure. So I'm just giving you a quick heads up before we get into it. Some pretty upsetting topics. If you don't fancy it today, no problem. Just come back when you do. So we're going to get into my personal story because I've been through this myself. And as Mr. Les Brown says, I'm not going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what I know. So I I know all about it. Then we're going to look at what it actually is. We're going to look at the founders of post-traumatic growth, two psychologists, and what it actually is. Um, So if you've never heard of it before, you'll have an understanding of that. Then we're going to look at the third thing is how you can actually cultivate it or achieve it or go through it. How do you know when you've actually reached that point? And the final thing is, you know, what does that actually mean to you in your life? Where are you at in terms of, you know, your relation to this thing and how can it help you in your life? So this is one of the most fundamental principles that now govern my life. It changed my entire life and it definitely governs the direction and the focus and the energy and the belief of my business, Kataholos. So I'm going to tell you how I experienced post-traumatic growth. So here's my little story. So I went through a very difficult time. About seven years ago, we had eight deaths in the family. Really difficult time. And I was working really hard as a teacher at the time. Very stressed out. And a man who was an incredible man, like a second father to me, he got multiple brain tumours and we had to give him palliative care. So he lived with my parents And they nursed him and they did an incredible job. If you've ever seen or been part of helping somebody to die well, it's an incredible privilege. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do. It's a very powerful experience. And it was very difficult for everybody. And at the time, I just, I couldn't handle it. I found work too difficult. I just, I went off with stress. I couldn't handle it. And I was medicated and I was depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. And, you know, rightly so, you can say that was a pretty big shake-up in your life, this man you've known your entire life. But he died, and I told him I loved him. And we watched the cricket together that he loved the day before he died. I told him I loved him, and he told me he loved me too. And after he died, I went through bereavement counselling. Now, this is a very short version of a, a longer story. But I went through a process of healing and renewal, and it took a long time, it took months, and I took my medication, and I, and I went to therapy, and I did what I could to look after myself and try and get well, 
And I had a fantastic therapist who was called Julie, and she gave me sessions of bereavement counseling specifically for this person who I was grieving from, but also actually for a lot of the deaths that had happened quite quickly beforehand that I'd maybe never really processed. And she said to me, Mike, you're doing so well. This was a few months into the process. And I thought, really? Emma, I'm just turning up and, you know, doing what I can. She said, no, I want to share with you something today that I think will tell you just how well you're doing. And she got a whiteboard out and a pen. And this is when she introduced me to post-traumatic growth. So I'm going to describe to you what she said to me, and then we're going to look at what post-traumatic growth is. She said, you're doing great. I said, really? She said, no, look, right, this is how well you're doing. So I want you to imagine you're drawing a, a line on a graph. So she said, this is most people, and she drew a horizontal line. You go along in life doing your best. And then a life event happens and you take a dip. So then she drew a line going down, right? And she said, and that was you before you went off work. You're in free fall and you're going down and down and down. And that's depression for a lot of people. I said, okay. And she'd said to me, she said, are you going to kill yourself? I said, excuse me? And she said, are you going to kill yourself? And I was like, well, um, I, no, I don't, I don't think, no. She goes, well, that's good because we need to know about that. And at the time, I was staggered by that. I understand why she said that, because she said, drawing on the graph now, she said, well, you go down and down and down, and some people decide they can't handle it and they want a way out, and that's what happens. But she said, if you don't choose that, you hit the bottom. So she drew the, the bottom line. So you can imagine it's going along, the line goes down, and then you draw a line at the bottom. And she said, that's a really difficult place to be, because you're not getting better, you're not getting worse, you're just miserable. And she said, but through your efforts and the work we've done and, you know, you've been trying hard, you've started to climb. And then she drew three levels on coming back and coming out of it. And she said, this is what people experience, she said, in my experience as a therapist. She said, some people get up, but not quite to the level where they're at. And she drew a line that was like slightly lower than the original line coming out of the graph. And she said, that's called living with impairment. And, you know, she said, for example, sports people, you know, they're not as fast as before their injury or you have a divorce or a death and you're never quite the same. I said, is that me? She said, nope, that's not you. I said, okay. She said, above that is post-traumatic stress. The fact that you've been through a trauma and you're living your life as best you can, but it still has an impact on you physically and mentally. And she talked about people coming back from war, people that have been abused and they can live their life but they are not quite in where they want to be necessarily, and they're still working through some stuff. And I said, okay, is, is that me? She said, no, it's not you either. I said, I said, where am I? She went, you're above that. And she said, you've experienced what's called post-traumatic growth. You've grown through this trauma, and you're at a higher level of appreciation for your life. You're at a deeper level. You're, you're off up into a better place than you were at the start of the graph. So she drew the end of the graph being higher than where it entered the graph, if that makes sense, if you can imagine this on a graph, all right? So that really, really shocked me, the idea that you can come out of something life-changing and profoundly difficult in a better place, not just back how you were, in a better place. And that fascinated me, and that led to some huge changes that I made in my life. I left teaching, I found a business, I started Catola, I wrote books and courses, and here we are today. So that's my own personal story, but I'd reached the point where as my mum said, the light had gone out of my eyes. She said, you're not even there. And that was me at the bottom of the graph. And I was like, I am, I'm trying so hard, but you know, I, I can't, I can't give any more. And you know, you might be able to resonate with that. It's hard, you know, but it's temporary. If you're at the bottom of the graph, right, it's not the end. You start to climb out. And to me, the idea that you can come out of it stronger really, really intrigued me and made everything kind of make sense because I wasn't happy with what I'd gone through. 
but I felt profoundly changed and able to handle things and, and make decisions in a way that was completely different to even just a year before the whole thing. So that's my own personal story. So I've been through this. I know this is real. And she said to me, about one in 10 people that go through trauma and difficult experiences reach this level of post-traumatic growth. Now, there is no judgment attached to you today at all. We're not saying, you know, you have to achieve. I don't even like the word achieve. I'd rather say cultivate. But to reach that point where you feel it was not a good thing that you went through, but there's massive value to be had through that is a very powerful thing. So let's go into what post-traumatic growth actually is and where it comes from. So it comes from two psychologists. So if you'd like to check this out, I'm going to put a link in the description, which has an excellent article from the American Psychological Association, which just goes into more detail. So if you like this and you like the sound of it, definitely, definitely check it out. I hope I pronounced the names right. Uh, Richard Tadishi, PhD, and Lawrence Calhoun, PhD. So in the mid-1990s, they pretty much formulated this hypothesis that can you grow and heal through trauma and come out stronger and they came up with post-traumatic growth and it was an incredible movement in psychology at the time and even now when I mention it to people and I give my own personal experience of it they say I didn't know that was a that was a thing a lot of people know about post-traumatic stress and rightly so but they don't know about the the opportunity that this presents because it, it is an absolute game changer this because if you start to understand this you realize hang on so even if something completely breaks me, I will come out of this stronger. In theory, yes. And then they started to test it. So what it actually is, is saying that you can go through something and come out of it at the other end, a better person, a happier person, whatever you, you know, however you measure success in life. It, in my experience, personal experience, is 100% true. 100% true. So in the Journal of Traumatic Stress in 1996, they outlined five different factors that show if you're going through post-traumatic growth or if you would you feel you you, you know you think I'd like some of that what what can I do you know I'm on the way down the graph or I'm at the bottom of the graph or I'm climbing out of the graph and I would like to reach that point I don't want to live with impairment I don't want to be unhappy I want to reach higher and better places and you can you really can so we're going to look now at how you actually do it and they suggest that you need to cultivate or experience these five things. Now, I didn't even know what these five things were at the time when my therapist, Julie, when Julie said that you've experienced this and she mentioned all of them, I was like, yeah, I have. But if I'd known what they were beforehand, maybe it would have been helpful to know. Now, just as a side note, you can't rush this process. That's another thing she said. It takes as long as it takes. For me, it took months. You know, it's not a quick fix this. You you have to go through it. Kind of like with grief, you know, you can't rush it. But even just knowing what these five things are is absolutely useful, isn't it? Because <laughs> then you can check in with yourself and say, well, you know, I've got this one and this one. I haven't really thought about this one. So this is the first one. Appreciation of life. Now, there's nothing that makes you appreciate life more than death, is there? It absolutely knocked me flat on my face. But my appreciation of life now is so much deeper. And this is the thing why I thought this could be an extra special topic to share. Because at the moment, isn't our appreciation of life so much stronger and sharper it's quite powerful that so you appreciate the life that you have and you think wow I'm just lucky to be here so that's the first sign that you might be on the way to experiencing this the second one is your relationships with others improve with me I had to have a good look at a lot of the stuff I was doing working too hard things like that and saying it's not really giving me the relationships I wanted 
and I changed them so I could have better relationships. And that's one of the best things about business. If you ever want to start a business, honestly, it can improve your relationships because you can create a lifestyle where you can be there for your family. You know, it's really possible, definitely. So your relationships with others take on a profound, deeper, stronger meaning. And that's absolutely true for me. My family were already close to me, but wow, we're even closer now. So it's that understanding of relationships with other people, right? It's not just about you. It's never just about you. I keep saying that to myself sometimes. It's not about you. It's about all of us. The next one is that you're open-minded to new possibilities in life. You've not got a closed mind saying, right, I'm just going to do the same stuff I've always done. You think, all right, this thing's really knocked me. I'm open to some suggestions here. And I was. I was open to medication, and I took that, and I got off that. I was open to making a career change, and I'm definitely pleased I did that, right? I was open to all sorts of things. I was open to new possibilities, and I remain open to these possibilities. So that open-mindedness helps you to be able to find and seek and create solutions that at the moment you might not be able to see. And it doesn't mean you have to come up with fantastic ideas. You just stay open to it, right? If you want to check out another person who's brilliant for stuff like this, Louise Hay, H-A-Y, I love Louise Hay. God bless you, Louise. And she said, you know, you don't have to be a mess to want to change. You can be okay and want to change. But even if you don't know how, you can just be willing to change. And that's what I'd say. It's being willing and being open to new possibilities. So often when we go through these difficult things, we think they're just a mess and there's no value in them and they're terrible. Well, they are. They are. But then they can also have aspects to it that make us stronger and better. I'm not saying they're good. They're not necessarily. But as long as you hang on in there, like we said with the graph, it's incredible. Life and you can find a way. The fourth one is a renewed sense and appreciation of personal strength. Have you ever been through something so difficult? And afterwards you're like, wow, if you'd have told me I'd have had to do that, no chance would I have believed you. But not only did I do it, I did it well. Every single person listening to this, well done, you got through 2020 and 2021. Pat yourself on the back. Can you imagine three years ago someone writing down or telling you what you may have to go through in these next two years? You'd have no chance. I can't handle that. They did a study in the UK last year, right? And this was before vaccines. Where they interviewed the British population and said, how do you feel about your ability to handle difficult things in the future? And I was shocked because 71% of people said, yeah, I feel better, I feel stronger than I did before the pandemic because they've got this appreciation of life and they understand their personal strength a little bit more because they've had to demonstrate it. And the final one, the fifth one, is what they called spiritual change. Now, upon the time of writing this, they're still editing it and, and updating it these days because spiritual change, the moment you use the word spiritual, uh, to some people they embrace that and to other people it turns them right off. But what they mean by that, and I understand that, is a sense of deeper change, a sense of being open to what you think life is all about. You know, if you have religious faith or if you don't, the spiritual aspects of your life are the deeper elements, your vision, your values, what life's all about for you, you know? Are you an atheist who says, I'm just lucky to be here because we're all just super evolved apes on a flying rock and I just feel amazing that I can actually be here, you know? That might be you and that's absolutely fantastic. Or you might be somebody who has an appreciation of God or gods and you say, yeah, well, I'm part of this loving family. It doesn't really matter what that is. What they're saying is you've developed and changed and grown in your appreciation of it. Any kind of religion or spiritual aspect, in my experience, working with people that's worth pursuing, understands and embraces suffering as a necessary part of life. You know, it doesn't just, 
give you some ideas for when things are good. It really embraces and helps when things are bad. So the idea that you've gone through some kind of spiritual development or change, you've lost your faith, you've got your faith, you've changed your values, your vision, you see things differently, that's another sign. So if you've got those five things, that's pretty much a given that you're going to be experiencing post-traumatic growth. Now, the final thing to say is, you know, what does that actually mean to you right now? Well, first thing is think about where you're at on the graph. Now, you might be in a great place, and I hope that you are, absolutely. But you might be on that graph. You might be saying, I'm coming into a difficult time, or I'm in free fall, or yeah, I think I've hit the bottom because I just feel low, or no, I'm coming out of it, or no, I'm kind of where I was. Or you think, no, actually, I personally... Yeah, I've been. Th- I might have actually already been through something like that. Mike's talking about. I didn't appreciate how well I've done. How exciting is that? So, first is recognizing where you're at on the graph, and secondly is think about those five areas: appreciation of life, your relationships with others, being open to new possibilities, appreciating your own personal strength, and being open to deeper spiritual changes. If you can cultivate those five things, I'm not going to say you're bulletproof at all but you will have a depth and strength that you may not even be able to conceive of now. If you'd have told me seven years ago what I'd be doing right now, I did not have the open-mindedness, even though I thought I had it at the time, to conceive of what I'm actually doing now. So I've been through this. Like Les Brown says, I'm not telling you what I think, I'm telling you what I know, right? And just to know this is a real thing, it's very exciting. I'll give you another example of something that's really powerful with this. A guy called Viktor Frankl wrote a brilliant book called Man's Search for Meaning. So if you want a short, powerful, inspiring, motivating book of somebody who found a way through in the light of the darkest of times, please read it. It's brilliant. Man's Search for Meaning. This man's whole family were killed in the Holocaust. So in terms of post-traumatic growth, he'd gone through, you know, absolutely everything. And he experienced this because he started to look at his own life and say, hmm, these traditional psychology ideas of my problems, it's my fault, and there's these environmental factors, they're not holding weight anymore. And he was open to new possibilities, and he actually created his own form of therapy called logotherapy, based on him saying, right, I've experienced this horrendous thing, it wasn't my fault, I've got to be able to handle that, what does my life mean going forward? So check out Viktor Frankl, the logotherapy. He created ideas such as Focus on what you love and what means the most to you and build an entire life around that. Incredible, absolutely incredible. So he's an example of somebody who experienced true post-traumatic growth and has inspired and helped thousands, if not millions of people ever since. So I can't believe we're at the end of the first season. The way I've designed this is now you know that post-traumatic growth is real. If you go back into the first episode, it's how rational optimism can help you through the COVID pandemic. And you can see now you know about post-traumatic growth. It links in really nicely to say, all right, how can I actually get through this time? That's how rational optimism works. And then it tells you about bravery and all sorts. So it's almost like an album, the way I've designed this. Listen to it all the way through. So you could almost start on episode 10 and go to one or, or go right round. And, and I've tried to design it like that so that the more you listen to it, the more value you can get from it. So it's been an absolute pleasure getting to spend some time with you in your lives to hear about how much this has meant to you and how much you've really enjoyed it. It's a great privilege and I take it very seriously and I'm very grateful and very humbled to be in this position where, you know, you give me a few minutes of your day listening in your ear and thank you. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. We've already got some great ideas for season two. If you have any ideas or any suggestions, please let me know. And I hope you have a fantastic rest and relaxation. If you struggle with that, check out episode nine. I've given you some ideas for that. And until we start with season two, 
and you hear from me again, just remember two things, that your best learning, your best learning often does happen, has happened to me outside of the classroom. And just as you are right now, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care and speak soon.